Welcome to JNR Basketball. I'm John, a special overtime edition. The conference finals have been set. The East and the West, the matchups are ready to go. Let's talk about the East first. We know that Miami clinched a few days ago by beating the Philadelphia 76ers. So today, Sunday, May 15th, Game 7, Milwaukee traveling to Boston to face the Celtics. And this was an extremely physical game. You knew it was going to be physical based off the way the series had gone. But it was a it was a fun watch. Boston hits an early three to take a 3-0 lead. And then Milwaukee goes on a run, a 10-0 run, before Boston was able to respond. Finally, Jason Tatum hits a three. The score becomes 10-6 Milwaukee at that point. Multiple fouls, multiple no-calls, multiple flops. It's sort of been the series, the, the, the sense of this series. It is really difficult for anyone, including Boston, to guard Giannis. He's such a big guy. He often leads with his shoulders. And if you fall, they're not always going to call that. They often don't call that. And he just has an open lane to the basket. Or they're going to call a foul on you. And it's it's really been a struggle for them to guard him. You know, Al Horford has had some success, but overall they can they can pretty much do whatever they want with Giannis. And as long as he's able to hit that shot, he's going to hit that shot. So it was really interesting to see how they continue to feed Giannis. And that was the story of the first quarter. Milwaukee lead led 26-20 after the first quarter with 24 of the 26 points either being scored by Giannis or scored as a result of an assist from Giannis. Brooke Lopez had a really good game as well, especially early in the game. He continued to shoot the ball from three, which didn't make a whole lot of sense. He ended up finishing the game one for six from three. And I just got to be wondering to myself, why is he taking so many threes? Sometimes he wasn't open. He was forcing the shot. When you have the height advantage like they do over Boston, you would want him to be taking those high percentage shots inside the paint, getting in there uh, and being available to do those rebounds, not not shooting for three necessarily. But that's my opinion. Uh, didn't work out for him too well in this case. as Like I said, he went one through six. So at the end of the first, Boston's trailing. And the second quarter kind of started off a little bit different than the first. They were exchanging a lot of shots. There was no big run by either team, really. They kind of traded buckets back and forth. But you could sense that the Boston Celtics were starting to heat up. Tatum was hitting threes. Uh, Giannis and the Bucks were turning the ball over a lot more. They ended up tying the game with 849 left in the half. And then at 819, Al Horford with a huge dunk after a Milwaukee air ball. They take the lead 32 to 30. First lead they had since the start of the game when it was 3-0. And at that point, the crowd in Boston is just absolutely on fire. Milwaukee calls a timeout. And you could just sense that things were starting to change at that point. At the start of the game, Boston went 5 for 22. They were missing wide open shots. They were missing everything. Uh, and then they went on a run and they went 6 for 6 during that run and took the lead for the first time. Uh, there was a couple of interesting plays in the in the first half. One that really stood out to me was Tatum had a turnover, sop, a sloppy pass, Holiday took it. And then he he kind of checked him as he was trying to come bring the ball up the court. And I thought it was a kind of a dirty play. It was certainly a, I'm frustrated and I'm going to take my, my anger out on this guy. Uh, you, you hate to see stuff like that. Tatum ended up getting into foul trouble in the first half. He ended up with three fouls and had to be taken out before halftime. And you just have to wonder, do you really want to give up fouls like that? Now, this it, not, it ended up being a moot point, but you never want to give away a foul, especially to your star player in this case. So... You have to you have to wonder if that's going to be something to watch as they continue their their playoff journey here. 
Uh, Williams started to go off. He hit a three, 37-35. Milwaukee in, in the lead again. They they continue to switch leads back and forth. Tatum hits a three, 38-37. Boston on top. Smart had a really cool block by Giannis. Giannis kind of flopped on the block. It wasn't really any contact, so he didn't get the call, which is, is good to see, but you could kind of tell he was expecting to get the call. There was some traveling. There was some illegal defense. There were some three-lane violations called on Milwaukee. So for whatever reason, they must have, have seen something on the tape to know that, hey, we're going we're gonna to look for this. Uh, I think Brooke Lopez was the guilty party in all of those cases. Towards the end of the half, Smart steals the ball from Giannis. Giannis fouls Smart, and the refs gave Smart three three throw attempts. They say he was trying to shoot from half court. He probably was. At that point, there was less than a second left. But it's just interesting how they gave him the three three throws where earlier in the series, they did not when it was more or less the same situation. This was probably even less obvious than it was previously, but they gave him the three three throws. Boston was able to extend their lead to five, 48-43 at halftime. And you just had a sense that things were were going to start to happen. Third quarter starts. Williams comes out of the gate and immediately hits a three, brings the lead up to 10. Tatum with a three, 56-45. Boston was five for five for three. Tatum, I'm sorry, was five for five for three at that point, just hitting everything. Brown hits a three. After getting an offensive board, they move up to 12. Uh, Milwaukee calls a timeout. And at that point, I put in my notes here that I, I felt like the game was over. You could just sense that the Milwaukee was reaching. They were struggling to find open shots. They were forcing shots. And all those shots that Boston was missing in the first half, they were all landing now. And it just just felt like they were going to run away with this game. And that's really the story of the second half is them continuing to build and extend their lead. Milwaukee continuing to struggle to find shots, to find the open man. And uh, a lot of offensive fouls were called in this game. It was interesting to see. I, I kind of enjoyed that because oftentimes I feel like the defense gets called on stuff that they're not really fouling on. But... Uh, they they called it both ways. It was it, I felt it was a pretty good game. They let them be physical. There were certainly some bad calls, but I don't think it had any influence on the outcome of the game, which is always what you want to see, especially in a game seven playoff game. Uh, and yeah, Giannis just struggled throughout the the rest of the game. He really could not find his shot. Uh, overall, he shot ten for twenty six with twenty five points. He shot six three throws, 66% from the line. Uh, lots of rebounds, which you expect from Giannis, but he really just could not put it together. Drew Holiday had 21 points in the loss as well. So the final score ends up being Boston 109, Milwaukee 81. The real hero of the team here is Grant Williams, 27 points. He put up 18 three-pointers. Now, when you see someone putting up 18 three-pointers, you're probably thinking, why is he shooting the ball? He was open. And I would say other than two or three where he maybe forced it, maybe doing a heat check, he was wide open. They were letting him shoot because they didn't want to get beat by Tatum or Brown or Smart. So they were taking Williams as the person that's, you know, if you're going to beat us, you're going to beat us. Huge minutes, 39 minutes, 27 points, seven seven for 18 from the three-point three line, and just really willed this team to victory today. Uh, and they're going to go on to face the Miami Heat. Now, they struggled guarding Giannis, and I think they're going to struggle with Butler and Bam as well. Uh, you don't know how long Kyle Lowry is going to be out. That could be the difference in this series. But uh, I mentioned on the last episode uh, that I think Miami is going to win and go to the NBA Finals. I still stand by that. 
I think that it's going to be too much for Boston, having just fought an extremely hard seven-game series, to now have to turn around and go play the best team in the East. It's, I think it's going to be too much to overcome. So my prediction is Miami in six, with uh, Boston struggling to to put together consecutive wins where Miami will be able to do that. So that's my prediction. We'll see how it goes. Let's turn our attention to the West where Game 7 between the Bucks and the Suns, I'm sorry, the Mavericks and the Suns, was just absolutely ugly. As a Suns fan, this game, this game was hard to watch. Just ended, actually, and it was really over before it even started. The final score, Dallas Mavericks 123, Phoenix 90. Dallas led by over 40 at various points in the game. It was... It was bad. It was tough to watch. They led by 30 at halftime, 57-27. The Suns could never find their rhythm. Uh, and in contrast, the Mavs were hitting absolutely everything, specifically Luka. At one point, Luka had 31 points and the Suns had 25. It was it was a bloodbath. It it was really, really hard to watch. It was embarrassing, uh, quite honestly. A couple of notes here. You know, Luka hits a three. Suns force a turnover. And you're like, oh, okay, maybe, maybe there's a shot here. And then it just immediately all fell apart. Uh, Booker fouled, flops pretty much all over the place. Luka was flopping, Booker was flopping, CP3 was flopping. Uh, Suns did force a couple of turnovers earlier, but they could not hit a shot. Uh, Booker missed some, I had Booker missing everything, but there was a, a layup in specifically that he just should have made. Open shots that they should have made, they, they just couldn't get a bucket to land. They were too strong on almost everything. Uh, the notes here, I have Phoenix needs to settle. Mavs look very cool, very comfortable. Good ball movement for the Mavs. They were finding in the open guy and hitting the open guy. And really, pick your poison. Luka was hitting everything. Dinwiddie was hitting everything. And they just absolutely ran away with this. Suns were committing turnover after turnover, playing very, very sloppy basketball. At one point, the Suns were shooting 26% from the field. They were missing putbacks. They were 0-11 for the for the Suns with about seven minutes left in the half for the big three being Booker, Paul, and DeAndre Ayton. They ended up finishing the half with no field goals for those big three. Just turnover after turnover. Luka, impossible to guard. There was really no one that could put a body on him. Luka, when you're going against him, you absolutely can't stand the guy, but he is a very talented basketball player. And today he, he really showed that. He was hitting contested shots. And there was really no one on the Suns that could cover him. Cam Johnson probably did the best, but he's just able to step back and, and put up a jump shot over him and hit. He was hitting those, so he was just doing whatever he wanted. the The refs certainly didn't do the Suns any favor. I wouldn't say it was a badly called game. They were they were picking on DeAndre. He had some some back to back calls. I think he had two fouls within ten seconds, and it was. A, questionable to me I feel like Powell flopped on one of those where they got him for DeAndre but it wasn't going to make the difference at this point they were down by 20 plus points uh, and you could just sense that it was only going to get worse and it did only get worse the second half started and they still continue to struggle uh, at one point after a, another Devin Booker turnover the the Mavericks were on a 33 to 5 run it was it was bad uh, I have here in my notes Luca cannot miss He's really locked in, and, and he absolutely was this whole game. It was never close. It was it was frustrating uh, as a Suns fan. As a Mavericks fan, I'm sure they're out there very, very happy with themselves, and, and they should be. It's a huge accomplishment to make it to the Western Conference Finals. 
They had not won a game in Phoenix since 2019. This playoff series between the Suns and the Mavericks, the home team has won every single game. So as a Suns fan, I expected the Suns to show up. I expected them to win this game, and they they did not. They did not show up. They clearly did not win. I don't know what happened. They're going to have to kind of reflect and, and try to improve on next year. Uh, I feel like Monty, Coach of the Year, really did put people in positions to be successful. And Chris Paul looked tired. He looked worn out. He was missing shots pretty much from Game 3 on. He he looked like a shell of him for his former self. You still have him under contract for two or three more years, so you need to figure out a way to use him to be successful because Devin Booker's here now. DeAndre Ayton is going to be a restricted free agent. You have to decide what you want to do with him. But the window is closing for the Suns if it's not already closed. And teams like Dallas are are going to be open and they're going to continue to contend. Luka's young. If they re-sign Brunson, uh, it's going to be a, a similar team next year, if not better. And you got to do something. you got to do something to beat these sorts of teams. We saw the Pelicans take the Suns deeper than anyone thought. Mavericks took him to seven and ended up end up winning the series. So they'll go on to face Golden State. Golden State will have home court advantage in this series as they were the three seed. And my prediction is that Luka's going to have a hard time pushing around Draymond Green and, and some of the other defenders on the Golden State Warriors. The Warriors have much better shooters than the Suns have. I don't think they're a better defensive team than the Suns. They certainly are a better offensive team, especially with everyone being healthy. And I, I think that they're really going to struggle there. Now, it's neither team has a solid big man to, to really contend with. So I think it's going to be some high-scoring games. But I think Draymond's going to be able to guard Luka better than anyone on the Suns had been able to. You know, Luka's too fast for Crowder. Cam Johnson was always a half a step behind him. And then you have Bridges and Paul and Booker. They're, they're too small for that, where I don't think that's going to be an issue for Draymond. So really excited to see that matchup. Really excited to see that series. Uh, I predict Golden State will win that in five and advance to the NBA Finals to face Miami. But who knows? It's It's been such a wild year uh, and continues to be as we move through these playoffs. So the Suns, the best team in basketball, fail to make it to the conference finals, fail to make it out of the conference semifinals. They'll go back to the drawing board. The defending NBA champions, Milwaukee Bucks, also eliminated. They'll go back to the drawing board as well. So we're down to four teams. Miami Heat versus the Boston Celtics in the East. Golden State Warriors versus the Dallas Mavericks in the West. And that is playoff basketball. So thanks for joining this special JNR Basketball Overtime Edition. Catch our regular podcast dropping every Monday and Friday. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>